This is Catherine Toon, and we are going to talk about uh, hidden treasures and recompense. Sorry, it always throws me off when I say we because it's the royal we, right? It's God and me. <laughs> He's got some beautiful things. You know, everybody's taken hits, and I hear people's stories, and some are just really beyond belief. There is a lot of human suffering, and you've had your own version of that. And sometimes it feels like it's so dark, like how is God going to pull it off? And you look around and there's dark here and there's dark there and there's dark, there's just dark. And it can be very, very depressing. It can be very, very hopeless. But God is the one that bursts in the darkness of the human condition, right? He is the light. John 1 talks about that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, that the light burst in the darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. And the truth is that, you know, God is the light. And where we're blind to the light, we are really suffering. And he did this on purpose because humanity feels alienated, feels alienated from God, feels alienated from hope, feels alienated from truth. And we all suffer to some degree. And and if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, uh, you really start to track with him as the one uh, to bring about redemption, to bring about recompense and treasure the stories that you have of where you've seen God move because you're able to build on those for the next issue that comes up. Cause there's always issues, you know, there is always issues. And, and, and a lot of times <clears throat> we're not recognizing, we're not seeing the treasure in our lives that is hidden. And sometimes they're hidden in the very place of our challenge that you can go back to the areas as you heal from the areas of your trauma and your hurt and find their treasures there because God was there. And ultimately, God is our greatest treasure. And in him is everything that we've ever wanted, ever needed, above all we can think, ask, hope, or dare to believe, right? Let's go back. Uh, I want to go to First uh, John 3, 8. And this is actually from the Amplified Classic Version. It says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest, made visible, was to undo, loosen, destroy, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Now, you know, we there's a lot of debate about what is the devil and, uh, you know, um, like, honestly, who knows? <laughs> but there's a lot of theories. Probably the one that I like the most was actually... Uh, something that was stated by Brad Jerzak's son. It was like he's less and and also um, uh, by others, but is um, actually I don't have it here, but less than an, a full entity, a full personages, but more than just kind of a thing, right? So whatever that evil, we've all felt palpable evil whether it's us creating it in our own hopelessness and despair and trauma and pain and how we've been um, harmed and the things that have been destroyed in our lives, the destroyer 
whether it's that or however it is, it doesn't really matter. What has come against your life is what God is against. So the wrath of God, the word is orge um, in the Greek. And, you know, we think of orgasm and I I don't want to freak anybody out because God is not sexual. So nobody freak, but it's this passionate love that moves towards and sacrifices self for the other. God is other giving self-sacrificing love. He's about the other. And he's also an ever-present, all-merciful co-suffering. So in your suffering, God suffers because he cares, right? He's with you in it. You've never been alone. Although that's probably one of the biggest pain points where you feel like you have been alone, but that is actually a delusion. That is actually the light came into the world, but the world did not comprehend it. So in your areas of darkness, it's felt like, God, you're not there, right? And then if you're not, if you're there, you don't care. Or if you care, you're not, you're powerless. All these different lies we believe. And the truth is God has always been there and is suffering with you and is about the work of bringing his purposes to pass. And it's kind of, this is kind of like the mission statement of Jesus. The reason the son of God was made manifest or visible. This is one of them. And when we say the son of God was made manifest, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this during uh, the Christmas season. This is the word made flesh, the incarnation, carn meaning flesh and Jesus becoming flesh, God becoming flesh for eternity, by the way. And to say, hey, this is what God looks like right in front of you in your face, right? Was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. So what has the devil done? However you define him, it, whatever, uh, what has he done? And, and the devil is Diablos, but the other words are like accuser or slanderer, uh, the destroyer. These are all, you know, and so where all of this has happened uh, in your life, you felt destruction, you felt death, all of this stuff. He's there to undo. That means take back to original design, destroy. Uh, loosen and dissolve what the devil has done. Okay. So that is his man. That's his manifesto. That's his mission statement. That is what he is about the work of accomplishing. Let's go to um, Isaiah 45, three. I'm reading this from the passion translation. <clears throat> he says, I will give you, this is, this is Yahweh. I will give you the hidden treasures from dark concealed places and wealth waiting in secret sites so that you recognize me for it is I Yahweh, the name of God in the old Testament, right? The God of Israel and the God of the world, right? Who calls you by name. So it's personal, personal. So when there's dark concealed places, there's hidden treasures. There's hidden treasures there. This is God redeeming. So as far as the curse that was placed on humanity, Jesus destroyed the curse and he is greater. Where sin does abound, the sin against you, the sin that you've done, the sin that you're participating in, the mistaken identities, the broken uh, identities, um, where sin does abound, 
more and more. Grace does much more abound. So it's a hooper. Uh, the, the, it's the Greek word hooper, which means above and beyond. So you can't outdo God. So, you know, sometimes it feels like, well, you know, the enemy did this in my life and it will never be okay. Well, that was never okay. You're right. But God is able. This is the miracle of God that he is working out. He's able to recompense you for that. And there's hidden treasures, even in the place of your deepest despair uh, that he's able to do. And this is the mystery of God. This is the miraculous of God. And this is something that he's walking out in you. And I I remember places in my life where I felt like, you know what? I, I will never be okay. I will never be okay. This will never be okay. I'll never stop crying. All of this. I remember that so truly. And I remember I was seeing a therapist at the time and he said, yeah, you will stop crying. And I was so pissed. I'm like, up yours, buddy. You know what I mean? I was just like, not very, <laughs> that was me at the time because I was very rebellious at that time because I was so angry. Um, but the truth was I was just in pain, right? And he was right. I did stop crying and I didn't, even necessarily know God, especially not the way I know him now. You know, I did stop crying and I, those areas have been healed. I, and I, I walked it out and I thought I would never, I would never be okay. And I am like genuinely like, I'm good. And that is a total miracle of God. And if that can happen for me, that can happen for you. But it does happen over time. And when you're in it, you feel, you're just feeling the overwhelm of it but God walks you out of it. I remember other places where I just felt so dead. There just, it'll never, I'll never feel life again. Death was so present to me. And like, and now I'm like, yeah, and I'm actually really good. And so God is so amazing. Uh, Let's go to Isaiah 61, one through four. This is the Passion Translation. It says, the mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me. So God's wrapped around you. His spirit is wrapped around, uh, wrapped, wrapped around you. Now, this was actually forecasting Christ, but understand that we're in Christ. So if we're in Christ, uh, then this actually, we are partaking of this. We're partaking of this divine nature because Yahweh has anointed me, right? God has an anointed God, God is the anointed one as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell the captives you are free and to tell the prisoners be free from your darkness. I am sent. This is Christ. This is all Christ to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion or just mourn wherever you're at, right? To give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss for tears and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh, a living display of his glory. They will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what has been long devastated. They will renew uh, renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. I'm going to stop there. 
Um, so this is God's like expanded mission statement. Okay. The mighty spirit. So there's might. This is the spirit of power. You have the spirit of, you have, you have anointing, you have the, um, uh, authority, which means that you have the right to use the might. And then you've got the oomph behind the authority, right? So if you have, if you're a cop, let's say, uh, you have the authority to stop a criminal. Well, the, the, the devil or the demonic or whatever is the ultimate criminal, right? And so you have the authority. If you don't have the power behind it, okay, this is laugh in your face, even, right? If you don't have the authority, it laugh in your face too, but you need the authority and the might. And we, and, and so God has both, right? And he's given us both, but this tracks along with us understanding who we are in him is wrapped around. So he's all around you. Uh, he's anointed to heal wounds of the brokenhearted. Where has your heart been? And a lot of times this, this particular version means the shattered. This is not just kind of beaten up and bruised. Yeah, it's that, but it's the shattered. Where, where have the, where has there been shatter in your life? Um, to tell captives, you are free. Yeah. And a lot of times people are in their captivity, they're in their prison and they don't realize that they're free. And sometimes the prison the prison uh, doors are locked from the inside. If we don't forgive, we we actually, uh, we, we lock ourselves in. And when you lock yourselves in, you're locking yourselves in with darkness and the demonic. This is why it's so important to forgive because it's your freedom, right? To get out, right? Because bitterness uh, and unforgiveness is actually an open door to the enemy and gives them uh, sort of authority to torment you. In your mind, however you however you understand that, um, he sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, uh, to tell captives you are free. It's a, and to tell prisoners you are free from your darkness. So what's the darkness? Because the light has already come, so the light is there with you. And so in this place where you're oppressed, in this place where you're in dark, there is light there, and God is with you in your darkness, and He's with you in your prison. Uh, you know, the, the word of God says, if I make my bed in the midst of hell, even you are there. So whatever hell, the place of the dead, that God's there, not to torment you, to set you free, right? I am sent. This is God is sent. And he announces this to you and reminds us a new season of Yahweh's grace. Grace is what God does at his expense on your behalf and a time of God's recompense on his uh, enemies. So who's God's enemy? Well, it's not people. It's not even like the Hitlers and the satanic ritual abusers and the mass murderers and just where we see uh, the manifestation of so much evil through people. Well, that's not God's enemies. Um, God's enemies is the hamartia, is the sin principle that causes human beings to act like animals that causes human beings to agree with bondage, to agree with um, uh, with predator behavior, whatever. And that's his enemies. Uh, ultimately, the, his enemy is death. And so when Christ rose from the grave, he actually conquered death. He conquered death and hell and the grave. The enemy is a defeated foe, but where we don't know that, the enemy is empowered in 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 our own minds, in our own hearts. 
Um, and God is after that. He's after to heal the trauma, all of that. Uh, and, and to recompense. To recompense means payback. And payback in his wrath is not punishment for humanity. Payback is a healing for humanity. So what's the ultimate? Uh, so if he, he can take an Adolf Hitler on the other side of, you know, on the other side of, of life as we know it and rehabilitate him and turn him back toward him, that's, you know, that's, I believe he's able to do that. Then that is the ultimate victory because the enemy stole his son. And he's able to do that for you, to recompense you uh, for your pain, to comfort all those who sorrow. So in your sorrow, in your loss, in your grief, we don't put on happy face and pretend there's no, there's not devastation, but he's there with you in your devastation, in your grief, in your sorrow. And it's important to grieve with those who grieve. Uh, and there's a healthy grief because it says, wow, something precious was destroyed and we're going to grieve that. And, and then there's a, a process of handling that, handing that grief to him because Christ is known as the suffering servant, as, as, as the man of sorrows, because he knows sorrow because he carried it for the planet. He's able to carry your sorrow so that it starts to lift off of you, but not wallowing in grief. Not wall. It's so important not to fall for self pity because that disempowers us to get through our grief. And it actually is like an agreement to stay stuck. So we need to knock that stuff off to comfort all those who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, you know, and, and this is wherever you mourn, wherever you're crushed with despair, he's there to strengthen you. Yeah. He's there to strengthen you. And then the, the redemption part to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes. You know, I look at the ashes that have been in my life and the shatter and blah, 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 blah. And it's so beautiful. That place is full of glory now and so beautiful. It's become the bedrock of my strength because this is where I met the Lord in my hell. Does that make sense? And he redeemed it. And then it's a beautiful place. This is part of his redemption. So you don't just get through, but you get through upgraded. You're upgraded in your knowledge of God. You're upgraded in your knowledge of who you are. You're upgraded in understanding your authority and the power behind that authority so that you can be an answer and help other people be a conduit of the answer and help other people get out of their hell holes. It's, and then we keep on going. An oil of bliss instead of tears. Do you realize there's joy on the other side of your tears? This is part of the miracle. This is where joy comes in the morning. So you feel like you just can't, it's over, the grief is overwhelming. There is joy on the other side. It's a miracle. How does it work? I have no clue. <laughs> I just know that it does, right? That's where you're heading. Keep following the Lord if this is you. And a mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness where you're feeling heavy. Um, there's a mantle. A mantle is was basically a um, a cloak that was worn as a sign of the authority to be able to accomplish some sort of a mission. So you get this this praise and joyous praise. Why, when you're happy, you start praising. It's just a thing, especially when you realize who set you free. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I praise you, Lord. You're so good to me. 
because of this, because of all of this, they will be known, you will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness. So you go from this crushed place to this display, the, the, uh, the, a living display of his glory. Another uh, translation is a display of his splendor. You see, because he made you his righteousness and you choose, and you choose to do this healing process, following him, forgiving those people that despitefully use you, right? Forgiving kind of the unforgivable. Okay. Because, not because you're saying it was okay, but because you're saying, you know what, this is my freedom. They can't pay me back for what they took. So I'm giving it to you, Jesus. You get to be the one to be the God of justice, whatever that looks like. It's not mine anymore. I release it to you. And as you're working out this and engaging with the Lord, there's something that's happening to you on the other side of this valley of the shadow of death, of of this despair, of this crushed in spirit, of these tears, of the spirit of heaviness, of the sorrow, all of that. You come out the other side a mighty oak of righteousness or something that's been built you that's been built up in you that you become a display of a splendor a lot of times prophetically the imagery for people are trees and this is not just a little sapling okay this is as you mature and grow with the lord you become this mighty oak that means the winds are going to blow it's like whatever okay i feel the wrestling but whatever and it's display of the splendor why because god did this i am not confused about you know that that i was all that in a bag of chips and this is why i have been through what i've been through and come out upgraded and are able to minister i am not confused about who is responsible for that i partnered i said yes and your yes absolutely matters but it was all because of God did this for me and he will do that for you. And not only that, part of your payback is restoring the ruins from long ago and rebuilding what was long devastated. You get to go back, even in your family line, whether you were adopted or whatever, at the family line of humanity, you get to restore ruins. You know, people act in evil ways because something horrific happened to them. Okay. And you're able to go back and start restoring that tendency. Uh, people, you know, people might be tempted to call it a curse. Well, you know, Jesus overcame the curse. Okay. But where people don't know it, they're operating as if they're under one. So you start to redeem that. You start to rebuild devastations in your own life, but also helping, uh, in, even in your family life, like the buck stops here. Right. And then I'm able to speak to other people and help other people with uh, their devastations. It says they will renew cities and desolations of past generations. So this is a redemption that goes backwards and it's a redemption that goes, goes forward. Only God can do this. Right. Um, and so that's part of your recompense. Um, let's go to Luke four. And this is where Jesus is referring back to this mission statement that was spoken in the Old Testament by the prophet Isaiah. And he was saying, listen, hey, 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 everybody, I am the Messiah. I am the Savior. I'm the one about whom this was prophesied. I'm here in the flesh and I'm here to uh, dissolve, loosen, destroy the works that the enemy has done. And this is Jesus's echoing back and saying, yes, I fulfilled this. Ding, da, ding, ding. Wake up. Messiah, you've been praying for is here. Okay, so let's go to Luke 4. And this is beautiful because this is the Christmas story of Jesus in manifestation. Now he's an adult, so I get it. Um, but this is 
Christ with us, right? Emmanuel. It says, uh, Luke 4, 16, uh, when he, referring to Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, he went to the synagogue. That's the place where the Jews practiced their uh, their faith, as their church, as he always did on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was the day of rest, right? When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, he was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Ding, 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 right? He unrolled the scroll and found where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be anointed is to be empowered for a purpose supernaturally. It's actually, uh, it's actually referring to an oil of anointing, the oil to do something. He, uh, he anointed me to be hope for the poor. So where are you poor financially? Where are you poor in spirit? Where are you poor, uh, in your capacity? Where are you poor in your body? Right. He has anointed me uh, to be hope for the poor, healing for the broken hearted, and new eyes for the blind. Ding, 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 ding. Where are you blind? If you can't see Christ where you're at, you're blind, right? And me too, right? And to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. The message of Jubilee, Jubilee was a time when all debts <clears throat> were canceled, just in, in in the Israel, in the Jewish history, that all debts were canceled. So uh, slaves are set free. It happened once every 50 years. This was something that happened. Even the ground was supposed to be at rest, right? Um, and so this was a jubilee where all debts are paid. The bottom line is your sin debt, the, the sins that you have committed, the price has been paid for that. You have been forgiven, okay? So you've been set free. For the time of God's great acceptance has begun. God has accepted you. This is not a, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah, that's caca. Knock it off. You're worthy because God says you're worthy, right? Um, so um, the time of God's great acceptance has begun. You have been accepted. You may have been rejected your whole life, but you're accepted by God. Verse 20, after he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus. Can you imagine? They've been praying for this Messiah. I mean, for for hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, whoa, what just happened, right? And then he added, today these scriptures came true in front of you. This was the fulfillment of the scriptures that had been, <coughs> excuse me, prophesied by Isaiah. So a couple of things I wanted to talk about the um in in this uh scripture it says he has anointed me <clears throat> to be the hope for the poor. Uh the other word for that is the good news for the poor. If you're poor in any way, if you're impoverished, maybe you're emotionally impoverished, maybe you're there's so many different ways to be impoverished. You don't need me to to roll it out. But it says to be good news. He's got good news. Hey, I got good news for you. Wherever you are impoverished, um, I'm, I'm, I've got good news for you. And I love this, this next one. It says healing for the brokenhearted <clears throat> and new eyes for the blind. My God, we need new eyes. Cause we have literally when the fall happened, however you want to understand that, whether it was a thing like in and of itself, literally, or whether it's allegorical, whatever, 
uh, our eyes, it says their eyes were opened, but the eyes were open to the seen realm and closed to the spiritual realm and they felt separation and that is blindness. But then he opens our eyes, right? Wherever we are blind, it says, um, the Greek word is translated gazed into heaven. So he's opening our eyes, giving us new eyes to gaze into heaven. Where is heaven? Well, it's not out there floating around. It's actually a membrane away. It's actually in you, but we're blind to it. This is about awakening. Ding, 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 ding. God's in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Heaven's there. Heaven's actually all around you. And where all you can see is darkness and the demonic, well, you're blinded. Okay, you're blind. It's 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 giving you eyes into the right now reality that God is with you and heaven is right there with you. Right to gaze into heaven. When you can gaze into heaven, you're looking into the face of Jesus. You're looking into the face of God, His Spirit, and that is heaven. And then you can see hope. You can start to see all these things. You can start to see that there's hope. Uh, that there's healing, that there's freedom, that the jubilee has happened, the payments already happened. God did everything that needed to dive into the alienation of wherever you are at, wherever humanity is at, uh, to pull us out and to redeem all things. Let's see. Um, oh, it's interesting. And it says, um, and to preach to the prisoners, uh, it, it says literally the prisoners of war. See, there's a war against your soul. There's a war against your soul. Now understand God's already won the war, but where you're not tracking with him, you're in a battle, you're in blindness and you're in darkness. And that's me too. And so this is where the battle, you know, uh, Joyce Meyer wrote the book, the battle, the battlefield of the mind. It's a battle in your mind and your soul. What are you going to agree with? What are you going to, um, what are you going to see? What, what, what trauma is there that's lying to you that you will never be, that you're not good enough or you're, that'll always be bad or blah, 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 blah. The lies that we believe it is a lie versus truth battle. It is a light versus darkness battle. Understand the truth always, always triumphs over lies. The light always triumphs over darkness, but where you're agreeing with darkness and lies, you're feeling the effects of darkness and lies. And so that you're basically a prisoner of war. Well, Jesus is right there with you. And he says, honey, let's unlock. The doors are unlocked. Let's head out. And let's, 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 uh, and, and you have to be willing. God doesn't force anybody. God doesn't rip anybody through the bars of their prison if they don't want to be. Sometimes we get, we, we fight God and embrace the enemy rather than fighting the enemy, embracing God and fighting the enemy. And it's called foolishness and it's called darkness. And that's part of what God is trying to heal as well, uh, because he's after healing our wills to say yes to him, to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. He's healing our emotions. He's healing our minds. He's healing our, our hearts. He's healing if there's, if it's, if it's broken, uh, he's there to redeem. Uh, to dissolve, loosen, destroy uh, what the enemy has done, right? And putting you under, under, uh, under his, uh, under his dominion, which is actually really a lie. But isn't it beautiful to know that even as he's working all things out, the very place of your greatest trauma, your greatest destruction, there are hidden treasures that God wants to bring out and reveal because you are his greatest treasure.
Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Have a great day. Love you guys. Share this with someone who needs it. I know there's hurting pups out there. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.